Hey, thank you so much for joining us here on the Kingdom Church Podcast. We are hoping that you're having an amazing day and having an amazing summer. We hope that this message is exactly what you need to hear. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. We love this church. We believe that God has a plan. God has a purpose uh, for each and every single one of you guys in this room. Anyone believe that this morning? Fantastic. I'm going to need you guys to be real loud this morning because Jesus is so good. Does anyone believe that Jesus is good this morning? Come on, somebody. We're in our series Best Summer Ever, and we truly believe it's going to be the best summer ever. We got popsicles after service. Come on, somebody. We got more treats all summer. If you guys have been with us for this series, uh, what we've been doing, every single message has been a standalone message. And so it's been amazing because we can really just lean into what God is saying and the direction that God is bringing us. And this week, God led me to a passage. And I'm going to be honest. Can I be honest? I really had to work through the word that God gave me. Because he gave it to me, but I still didn't quite understand. Like, God, what, uh, what are you trying to say? What are you trying to say to our people? But I believe this morning God's going to speak it. And maybe even things I didn't quite understand, I think it's going to make sense to all of us this morning. And so we're going to be in the book of John chapter 12. It's our opening scripture. And I'll give you guys just a little background of what's going on. Jesus is about to enter the city of Jerusalem. This is the the Passion Week. This is the last week that Jesus was with us here on earth before his crucifixion. And what Jesus is doing is Jesus is walking and he's heading in. And this is uh, such a different picture. This is Sunday. Jesus is going to be crucified on Friday. But what's so interesting about this passage is this Sunday looks a whole lot different than the coming Friday. Let me explain. Let me read John chapter 12, verse 12. It says, The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went outside to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. As it is written, do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming. How many guys know your king is coming? Come on. Seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. It was only after Jesus was glorified did they realize these things that had been written about him. How many guys know there are so many things in life you're not going to understand until after? Until after it's over, until after you've been through the pain, until after you've been through the heartbreak. It wasn't until after did they realize the things that had been written about them, about him and these things that had been done to him. I want to share with you guys the title of our message this morning. That we're going to give Annabelle such a big round of applause. The title of our message this morning is Unblock It. Unblock It. Touch the person next to you say, Unblock It. Come on, let's clap our hands. I heard a story this week. It is about a famous, uh, a famous performer in the late 1800s by the name of Charles Blondin. And now what Charles Blondin did, uh, he was an acrobat of sorts, a daredevil and a performer. And I heard this story this week. And what he used to do, this was in the late 1800s, he would take a tightrope and he used to walk between the gorge of Niagara Falls. So he had this tightrope, this long 1,000 foot tightrope. And he would walk from one side to the other. Anyone been to Niagara Falls before? And where he would walk across was literally Canada to the United States. 
It was Canada, it was Ontario on one side, New York on one side. And Charles Blondin, he was a performer. And so he had all these different routines. Uh, legend says that sometimes he would do it blindfolded. Like he would literally put a blindfold on and walk across the tight ropes. Other times um, he would do things like he would just bring uh, something on his back to kind of weigh him down. But one of his most famous uh, stunts that Blondin did is that he actually took a wheelbarrow across the Niagara Falls on a tightrope. And people in the 1800s, they would line up and they would crowd this place just to get a picture, just to get a view of what Charles was doing. And so this one particular time, he had his wheelbarrow and he went across, he went all the way across the gorge to the other side. And on the other side, there was a large crowd waiting for him, a large crowd just waiting for him. And they were cheering his name. Charles, we love you. You're the best. You're so amazing. And Charles, he was always one to play to the crowd. And so he would say, come on, come on. How many guys happy to be here? Yeah, kind of like what I do sometimes. <laughs> and he was like, how many of you guys believe I can make it back to the other end? And the whole crowd cheers. Yeah, we believe it. We believe it. We love you. He said, how many of you guys believe that I could take someone in this wheelbarrow to the other end? Yeah, of course you could, Charles. You're the best. Now, how many of you guys want to get in the wheelbarrow? <laughs> At that time, there was a dead silence because no one wanted to get in. You see, the reason that I want to tell you guys this story is going to set the direction of where I want to go. I think in life, there is a difference between believing something and actually trusting in it. You see, I think a lot of us, we believe a lot of things, and we come to church with hope. We come to church with expectation sometimes. And we can get loud and we can praise, but then when push comes to shove, we don't actually trust it in our lives. It's easy to make noise. It's easy to cheer. It's easy to believe, but how many of us actually can trust? It's funny, the crowd was so loud when, when Charles was the one doing all the work, but as soon as it involved them, there was this silence. It was so funny, we're looking at the story in John chapter 12. And in John chapter 12, we get this picture of this crowd, this crowd that is cheering. And what I want to examine this morning, what I want us to do, is I want us to figure out how could a crowd that was cheering so loud on Sunday be so silent on Friday as Jesus is crucified? What happened? You see, for so many of us, we believe things, but what I believe to be true is that our actions will always expose what we actually believe. In other words, it's one thing to say with our mouths, but our actions will actually show what we believe. You see, this morning where I want to go and the reason that our title, the title of our message is Unblock It is because I have a belief that so many of us have things in our lives that block us from actually following after Jesus that block us from actually trusting him. You see, my hope by the end of this message is that each and every one of us would be able to actually jump into the wheelbarrow. Because I believe this, when we follow God in our lives, God is going to call us to places and to things that may not necessarily make sense from our perspective. He's going to call us across tight ropes. And friends, all of us can cheer loud when things are good. All of us can cheer loud in the comfort of a building. But when push comes to shove... When is, that, when is that crucifixion Friday? Where are we actually going to be? So we're in John chapter 12. I want to paint this picture. This is a story known as Jesus' triumphant entry. Uh, some people call it Palm Sunday. And what is happening here is that Jesus is about to enter into Jerusalem. Now, this story is important for a number of reasons. It is one of the few stories that is told in every single gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so between the four writers, they all agreed that this is significant. This is an important story. 
And so this is what it says, starting in verse 12. It says, the next day, a great crowd that had come from the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. So I really want to paint this picture. This festival that the people were in Jerusalem for was called the Passover. This was the largest of all the Jewish festivals. And so Jerusalem would have been packed. It would have been packed. And now the language that John lets us, that he uses here, lets us know that that crowd that was there for the Passover has now shifted their attention because they heard that someone was coming. They heard that Jesus was coming. And the language, when you get into it and you really get into it, it's actually in this note that there are literally thousands and thousands of people that have now shifted their attention to Jesus. Now, I want us to picture this. Has anyone in this room ever been somewhere where there's tons of people and like you can't even move? We were in L.A. this last week, and on Tuesday we went to Hollywood. And in Hollywood, uh, when we were there, it was actually the premiere of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Anyone see that movie last night? It just came out. No one? It's a, it's a Quentin Tarantino film, and it came out last night, and so the premiere was on Tuesday. And so when we were in Hollywood, it just happened, we didn't go there for that. It just happened that the premiere of this movie was happening. And so we got there, and about seven hours before the premiere, people were already lining up to see the stars, like Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, come on, somebody. <laughs> and uh, just people lining up like seven hours early. And get this, it's like 35 degrees outside. Like it's hot, but they're just there. And they're not there to talk to the stars. They're just there with the hopes they get a glimpse. Like I just want to see the back of Brad's head. <laughs> and, and it's so funny that by seven hours, there's a few people. By the time we left Hollywood Boulevard, about two hours before the premiere, we had to walk back through it and it was absolutely jam-packed. Like you literally, like you had to squeeze through people. There was people like getting mad, like throwing elbows. It was just packed all to see these stars. But I came here to tell someone that before Leonardo DiCaprio, before Brad Pitt, there was someone named Jesus. That's not actually why I came, but I just wanted to say that. But it's so funny because I want to paint this picture because literally before there's, there was these people, there was Jesus. And in the same way, people wanted to get a glimpse of these stars. People wanted to get a glimpse of Jesus. Just a glimpse. I just want to see him. And so they're lining up. And the Bible says in verse 12, it says they took palm branches and they went out to meet him shouting, Hosanna, which means God saves. Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Now, I don't know if these guys carry like hatchets with them, but they're cutting down palm branches just to get it. They're excited. And the reason they're excited is because they have made up their mind on who Jesus is. This is the one. This is the one that we've been waiting for. These, these things that they're shouting here, these are messianic sounds. These are, these are prophecies about the Messiah to come. And so they're shouting it at Jesus. And the reason they're shouting it is because they believe that he was the Messiah. Who's the Messiah? The Messiah was the Savior. It was the one that was going to come and deliver the people. It was the one that was going to come and bring freedom to the Jewish people, to the people of Israel. And so the crowd is there. They're shouting his name. This is Sunday. This is Sunday. My question as I looked at this passage this week is what happened in four days? Because when Jesus was crucified, there is no longer a crowd with palm branches and people shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. Instead, they're shouting, crucify him. They're shouting, we want Barabbas. Let Barabbas go. The question I ask is what happened? Why, why suddenly... Was their picture of who them was? What changed? What happened? You see, I think a part of what happened 
was that the people had a perception of who they thought the Messiah was. And up until that time, get this, Jesus is at the height of his fame. He's raising people from the dead. He's, 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 he's healing the, the sick, the blind. He's doing all these amazing things, so he's checking off these boxes. And so the people are sitting there with their scorecards. This may be the one. But something happens. And I think a part of what happens, John gives us a clue. In verse 14, John 12, it says this. It says, Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. Now, all four Gospels paint us a fuller picture than John. But literally what happened, Jesus knew that there was a crowd that was going to be there waiting for him. And so he says to his disciples, he says, boys, I got a th something for you to do. It's not necessarily legal, but it's all good. There's going to be a donkey at someone's house. Go grab it. Tell him the Lord needs it. Next time you guys want something, just tell him the Lord needs it. And so the disciples go and they grab this donkey for Jesus. And Jesus here, he's being very intentional because when the crowd is there to greet him, Jesus wants them to see what he is riding on. Why? You see, in this time period, when a king entered into a new city, a king would enter one of two ways. He would either enter on a horse or a donkey. If a king entered on a horse, what that meant was that the king was there for war. The king was there to conquer. The king was there to take over. When a king entered on a donkey, it meant that he was there for peace. You see, the people at that time, they were not waiting for peace. They were waiting for a king that would come and a king that would bring them freedom. Freedom from the, the, from the bonds of Caesar and the bonds of the Roman Empire. That is who they thought their Messiah would be. And so when Jesus was healing people, raising people from the dead... They were like, yeah, this is it. This is the one. But that when Jesus came as the Prince of Peace, all of a sudden something changed. Because you see, the people had a belief about what their Messiah would look like. And their belief about the Messiah kept them from actually experiencing him when push came to shove. Now listen to this. I'm going somewhere. You see, I have a belief that the reason so many of us, we struggle to actually have a relationship with God, the reason we struggle to become intimate with God is because we have some sort of block. Every single one of us have some sort of block. And our blocks are different than the people had. Their block was their picture of what they thought the Messiah would be. They thought he would be a war hero. Instead, he was a prince of peace. You see, Jesus came to do exactly what they thought that he would do. He came to bring freedom. It just didn't come from a sword. It came through a cross. And so they missed him. I wonder this morning what kind of blocks that we have in our lives. Because here's the thing, and here's the point I'm trying to build up. Your belief will become your block. Whatever that belief is about something in your life will become a block. Because that is the power of our minds. The way that we believe things to be, we think that they ought to be that way. And when things do not happen the way that we thought they should be, a lot of times what will happen is we'll completely miss it because it shows up in a package that we weren't expecting. Jesus looks different than the way that we thought he looked. I want to just, I'll share the power of our mind, what it can look like. I'll just illustrate it like this. There was a study done at the University of Arizona. And what this study found was that on average, a cell phone is 10 times more dirty than a toilet seat, a public toilet seat. Come on, somebody. You guys hear what I said? Cell phones, on average, are 10 times more dirty than toilet seats. But what's so interesting is that I think I can tell all of us that. 
But the reality is, how many of us will ever wash our hands after texting someone? And here, here's even further. How many of you guys have borrowed someone's phone before? And you put it right on your face. I wager to guess and to believe that none of us are going to go into the bathrooms over there and put our face on the toilet seat. Because here's the thing. I can tell you what science says. Your phones are dirty. But the, the fact of the matter is, most of us have this block it says toilet seats are nasty. You see, for a lot of us, reality doesn't actually matter. It's just what you believe. And so many of us, we have this picture of Jesus, of something that holds us back from experiencing his goodness. You see, for some of us, it's religiosity. That's our block. You see, we thought that God was all about rules and regulations. We thought that God was all about acting right. If I just acted good enough, if I just behaved well enough, then he would accept me. If I just followed, and so it becomes a block. Because no matter what happens, no matter how much we preach, no matter how much we say, thank you, Jesus, there's still that performance aspect where we feel like, I don't quite measure up. I'm not good enough. It's a block. It's a block for some of us, it's self-esteem. We struggle because so many, because Jesus comes to bring freedom. There's freedom in his name. He wants to give you a new life and a new name, but the problem is we have this block, and it's our own picture of ourselves. It's this picture where we never felt like we were worthy. No one ever loved us. No one ever told us that we were beautiful. And so what happens when Jesus comes along and he says this very thing, we have a, a block. Some will say block. block. We have a block. You see, for people, we don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we perceive it. We see the world as we perceive it. And what happens when we have these blocks, we can miss out on so many things. I remember for myself, one block I had. I grew up in a church, and, and we had this idea that we were the only ones that was correct, that everything else around us was wrong. And so what happened is I had this block when it came to other people in other churches because they were wrong and we were right. But what happens when I did that, when we finally got through the block, I was able to see on the other side just a fuller picture. We couldn't have planted this church without people who thought differently than we do. And maybe on certain levels believe differently than we do. But we have a common thread and his name is Jesus. But what happens is we have blocks. They're things that hold us back from experiencing. And this is why I'm so big on how we live. We need to begin to get past our blocks. And that's what I want to do for the remainder of the time this morning. How do we get past those blocks that we have? I believe that in the book of Philippians chapter 3, Paul gives us an answer. You see, Paul was someone, he grew up uh, as a Pharisee, and what that meant was just that he was a religious dude. Everything that he did in life, he, it was measured upon how well he behaved, how, how well he, he acted, how, how, how religiously he followed the rules. Paul says, leading up to this verse, he says, man, he says, I was the man. It's like, I was circumcised, I followed the law to a T, I never messed up, yet I actually missed God. I miss Jesus. And so then he says this. He says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. In other words, I'm still not quite where I want to be. This is the Apostle Paul, just in case you guys are worried. Like, I don't feel like I'm quite there yet. Paul didn't feel it either. He says, but one thing I do, forgetting what's behind me and straining towards what is ahead, I press on to the goal to win the prize for which Christ has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. 
In other words, what Paul is saying, he's saying, I have these things, I have these blocks. And if you read Paul's writings, you will know that the things that he say, says are so far from how he was raised. And so I think a part of what Paul had to do, he, he was raised this way, it was ingrained in him. And so in order for him to believe differently, in order for him to believe that Jesus is enough, Jesus is the only way to salvation, he's like, I had to kind of push behind the past. I had to shift my focus. I have to shift my focus to what's ahead. So here's the point. How do we get past blocks in our lives? We have to shift our focus. We have to shift our focus. For so many of us, I think the reason we can't move forward is because we're stuck in the past. For so many of us, the reason we can't accept Jesus today is because of the Jesus we thought growing up. That's a picture that we had. Say, so I'm not good enough. I'll never measure up. It's all about rules. Jesus is so much more than that. And so we need to shift our focus. Not to what was behind, but what's ahead. How do we do that? What's a practical way to do that? One thing that I'm so big on is language, just how we speak. Living with expectation. If you guys, we, we have a huddle every single morning. And one thing I try to do, I try to get our team to believe that the best is yet to come. I try to get our team to believe that today someone is going to experience Jesus. Why? Because when we shift our focus, when we can begin to live with expectation and we're focusing on what can happen instead of what might happen. This is where so many of us get caught because I think our brains, and maybe you guys aren't like this, but it's me, my first inclination is not to think positively, it's to, it's to think negatively. Nothing's going to happen today. No one's going to show up. God's not going to move. I'm never going to be free. I'm never going to be enough. But he says, live with expectation. Shift your focus. Shift your focus. This is why I'm so big on this. I believe this wholeheartedly. It's in my bones. It, it seeps through my pores. I believe that if people outside of church could be introduced to the actual version of Jesus, lives would be changed. I believe it because so many people, even those who have never stepped in church, they have a block when it comes to Jesus. And maybe you're here this morning, you have that same block. It's that block that says church is not for me. Religion is not for me. I don't, I don't need God to act right. I don't need God to be moral. Guess what? I'm here to agree with you. You don't need God to be moral. But Jesus did not come to make us good. He didn't come to make bad people good. Jesus came to make dead people alive. That's why he came. And I just have this belief, and it's just, it drives me every single week to come up here and preach the word. And that belief is that if people could experience the real Jesus, if they could get past those blocks, their lives would be changed. Because get this, I think everywhere in our society, what we are seeing is that people are actually finally starting to catch up to Jesus. Things that he said 2,000 years ago. What's an example? You guys ever heard this one? I don't like churches full of hypocrites. You guys heard that one? You know, Jesus, before any of y'all said that, he said that first. He has strong warnings against hypocrisy all throughout the New Testament. He says, be very careful to judge someone lest you yourself fall. He said, you don't ever think that you're better than you actually are. Jesus was there first. Equality, how many of you guys, that's huge. Can I tell you guys something? This might blow your mind. Jesus was the first feminist. Did you guys hear what I said? Far before any of those movements, any of those marches, Jesus, man, and this is throughout the whole Bible. If you understand the old, you see, people have a block. I don't like the Bible. The Bible's misogynistic. 
man, if you understood the Old Testament in the context and what it was written, you would see it's revolutionary. The way that God instructs people to treat women in a patriarchal society, you wouldn't understand, you wouldn't believe it. The fact that Jesus rolled with women, the fact that they were the first ones to discover, man, Jesus is ahead of his time, but people have this block. I want to introduce people to the real Jesus, to the real Jesus, and understand this, we are a church, it's not about religion, that's not what Jesus, is about relationship. It's not about rules, it's about his love, and it's about a relationship. And I just believe it in my bones that if we could experience this, lives would be changed. One of my favorite verses, I want someone to memorize this if you haven't already. John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten Son that whosoever shall believe in him will not perish but have, what's that? Eternal life. Verse 17 gets better. It says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. What that means is Jesus was here on a rescue mission. As a church, we're here on a rescue mission. We want to rescue people from those blocks that they have, those things that have held them back from experiencing the love of Jesus. I believe it so deeply in my heart that if you could get yourself past that block, if you could shift past what was, and I'm just going to say it, if, if you have pain that has come as a result of a church or as a result of people, I just want to say I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's not Jesus. Jesus came on a rescue mission. He's here to seek and he's here to save the lost. And this morning, God is here to seek and he's here to save. We just need to unblock it. We need to push past what was. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up because we're going to close. Listen to this, friends. Just because you're close in proximity to Jesus does not mean that you're close to him in actuality. What do I mean by that? You can be in the right place, but if your mind is in the wrong spot, if you have these blocks, you will never experience the real Jesus. And so I believe this morning Jesus came to tear down walls. Jesus came to tear down blocks. And he came so that we could experience him for who he actually is. Get this, verse 16. I want us to see this. It says, at first, his disciples did not understand all this. It was only after Jesus was glorified that they got it. Now, when I read this, I felt like John was sort of writing this with a little bit of disappointment. He was one of the disciples. So he was writing about himself in the third person. Essentially, what he's saying is that we didn't get it. When Jesus came on that donkey, when Jesus said he was the Prince of Peace, when he said that all that believe in him will have eternal life, we didn't get it. It was only until after that we finally got it. They rolled with him for three and a half years and they never got it. Friends, I do not any, want anyone in this room to be close in proximity, but far in actuality to who Jesus is. My goal is for every single person to know the unending love of Jesus, to know that you are good enough, to know that you are loved, that he's better than you could ever think. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, it says God wants to do exceedingly and abundantly more. Someone say more. Let's just stand, church. We're going to close. God wants to do more in our lives than we can ever dream, ever imagine. But for someone in this room, you have a block. You have something that's holding you back from experiencing the love, experiencing the goodness of Jesus. But this morning, I believe in the name of Jesus, chains are going to be broken. Blocks are going to come down.
Hey, thank you so much for listening. We hope that message was exactly what you needed to hear. If you want more information, head over to kingdomchurch.ca. We would love to hear from you. We would love to see you in person. Head there and you will find everything that you need. We can't wait to see you again. Take care.